Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Please subscribe. We'd love to have you with us every time. You're not going to want to miss any of our episodes, especially today. If you feel like you've got problems, don't we all? If you feel like you can't overcome them, which we all feel sometimes, I think this guy's going to change your mind. He is truly inspiring. His name is Tyler Tote, and he joins us next. It's time for the Michelle Tafoya podcast. So I mentioned Tyler Tote. I found this guy on X, formerly known as Twitter. He's got close to 200,000 followers, as he calls them, teammates. He has gone basically from almost zero to major hero. He has turned his life around. He is what I would call a self-made man. He almost made himself a very unhappy man, but now he has made himself a very happy man, content healthy, prosperous, a dad of three, a husband. And I think if you listen to his story from his point of view and how he has changed the trajectory of his life, you're going to find some hope for you or for someone you know. Tyler Tote is our guest next. But first, I want to tell you about Provia or Provia. Uh, Provia is for your hair. And so many men and women think that they're losing their hair, it's thinning, or it runs in the family, that they're going to go bald or whatever. Provia is there for you. And this is a real solution that delivers on its promise. And it doesn't have the harsh side effects, the awful chemical smell. It doesn't come with any of those unwanted chemicals. And I'm proud to present to you uh, Provia because it's produced by our friends at GenuCell, who created all that good skincare that I use every day. Now, Provia uses a safe natural ingredient. It's called Procapil. It effectively targets the three main causes of premature hair thinning and loss. By supporting healthy scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and healthy hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees, yes, I said that, more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb. It's effective for men and women of any age. It's safe on colored treated, styled hair, hey, just use it. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And right now, customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at proviahair.com. It's P-R-O-V-I-A, hair, all one term, dot com slash Michelle. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use, plus Provia 30, super concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. And Provia works 100% guaranteed or your money back. It's the same kind of guarantee that Genucel offers. See results for yourself. I mean, do it now. Why would you wait? Go to proviahair.com slash Michelle, P-R-O-V-I-A hair.com slash Michelle with one L, proviahair.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Coming up next, an inspiring story. I love sharing these. This guy has, has seen it all. Tyler Tope is next. 
Tyler, welcome. It is so good to meet you. We had a little back and forth on Twitter this morning. You said that your workout wasn't so great, and I suggested maybe it's just because you were so nervous about your appearance here on this podcast. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. And truly, it's an honor to be here. You're a person I look up to, admire quite a bit, followed a lot of your journey. And so it's really, uh, really grateful to be here and, and get to share with you and, and your audience. Well, what I like about the timing is that yesterday I talked about this idea of the self-made man, because there's a guy out there on uh, in the 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 you know, the atmosphere, I'll just say, the ethos, I don't know what I'm trying to call it, the internet named Sam Harris. He's got a podcast. He's got, you know, all of his platforms who says the idea of the self-made man is a myth. I believe we're all self-made. Now, we don't produce ourselves. We are born. But from that point on, you know, yeah, maybe we're all raised a little differently. But once we're able to decide, make decisions for ourselves, we become the sum of those decisions. Um, and you have been to hell and back, I would, I would suggest. So I, I go to your Twitter page and your pin tweets starts with at age 18 college partying lost God. When you say you lost God at age 18, had God been in your life before that? Yeah. Looking back, I think it was as, as a little bit of my parents' faith. I grew up in the church. I uh, grew up, I got baptized. I, I always say I'm really holy because I got baptized Catholic when I was born. Then I got baptized when I was like 10 or 12. Uh, and then I went on again to get baptized as an adult, uh, kind of when it was fully my decision later in life in my 30s. But yeah, I, I don't think necessarily it was my faith. And then I went off to college and just sort of made this conscious decision. Again, we're the sum of our choices that I liked chasing girls and, and drinking beer more than I liked going to church at that point in my life. And I remember my parents kind of saying, well, are you going to church? Is this something that's a priority? We had a good relationship and I was just pretty honest with them and said, no, um, I'm not. And, then, and I had a very unique college experience, I would say, where I, I hit it big in poker. I deposited $60 into this online poker site, found out that I really had a knack and a, and a kind of a strategic mind. I bought a few more books. I hired a coach to teach me. And before I knew it, I had made close to seven figures playing poker by the time I was 22, 23 years old. So I dropped out of college. I traveled the world. I, I had a lot of this kind of entourage lifestyle, a lot of friends around me all the time. And I would just say things like, I didn't need God. Uh, I had my own stuff, right? <laughs> That's kind of where I was at that point in my life. It's, it's fascinating that you picked up poker. Would you say that, that the gambling was a plan or an addiction for you? Like, were you thinking this is a way to, to, to make money? Yeah, it was always a, a way to make money for me. Uh, poker's unique in that you're playing against other people. So if, yeah. if I were to go play slots, and you're not going to win long term. But with right. poker, you are playing against other people. So my thing was, well, if I outwork other people, I, I'd always been an athlete up until then. And then I went to college and I, I didn't have anything to get that competitiveness out. And so poker to me was I would spend five, six hours a day studying, studying my opponents, learning their tendencies and really how to beat them. And so for me, I, I started making more. I was going to be a teacher and I was making more every month than I would have made in, in a year teaching. And so that's when I dropped out of school and decided I'm going to go go this route, much to my parents' dismay. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, you know, yes, on the one hand, you're making money and you are you know, this is your endeavor. But on the other hand, uh, long term, it, it sounds like a maybe an iffy strategy. But then you hit another point of rock bottom. What happened? Yeah. So, you know, I, I had met a gal in Las Vegas at that time. We got married very young and it was a very party lifestyle. 
Uh, we were, you know, we had everything I think society would tell you would make you happy. We had the luxury cars. We had, we were building a square, you know, 5,000, 6,000 square foot mansion. We, we had all the travel, all the toys, all these things. And then one day I just woke up and she said, I'm leaving you. Uh, I'm seeing somebody else. And so I just kind of, it was my whole identity. I went to not being able to play and win at poker after that. I feel like it shattered my confidence for a while. Uh, I turned to alcohol. I turned to pills. I turned to some other stuff. And really for the next two years, I just turned my back on everyone. I, I was the life of the party guy. I lived in Chicago at the time. And anybody who would have known me there would have said, oh, like Ty is super happy. He's this guy. But I always felt alone. I, I would sit on my rooftop many nights, cry myself to sleep. I just, I was surrounded by hundreds of people in this sort of nightclub life. Um, but I was just so empty. I had nothing, no purpose to even get out of bed the next day outside of when's the next DJ in town and when are we partying and things like this. It's just a very unfulfilling life. Do you think that was triggered by her leaving you or were there other things there that contributed? I think both. I think, you know, I'd wrap my whole identity around having a lot of money and being that guy. And then poker, there was a law that changed a year or two before she left, which poker became illegal to play online in the United States. So I literally went from making high six figures to now I'm a college dropout with no work experience. What do I do next? And there was sort of this crisis of identity. Uh, who am I? Where am I going? I, 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 well, I'm a fun party guy. I guess I'll do that for a while. Right. And so I, I just don't think I had any direction in my life at that point. How old are you at this point? I'm 27, 28 years old. So still, I mean, a young man, but with a fully developed brain, but turning to drugs and alcohol, probably to get rid of the pain and the discomfort of the, the what you were facing at that time. So tell me what, what was rock bottom? What happened next that helped you to come out of this? Yeah, this was really one night after drinking with friends, actually, it was probably one in the morning and, and everybody had left and I was by myself and I would have thoughts back then a lot like, what's even the point of life? You know, I've traveled all over the world. I have this fancy center. Just nothing seems to make me happy. I'm miserable. And I'd have these terrible thoughts in my head. Like, what's the point? Why don't you just jump off this building? You know, it's just terrible. And I don't know why still looking back, but one night I just emailed a former pastor uh, that, that was the pastor of my youth church and his name's Eddie Lowen. And I just said, Hey, Eddie, you know, everybody tells me I should be super happy. <laughs> you strike me as a guy who maybe didn't have all these toys, but you were always full of joy and happy. Would you just mind having a conversation with me? And, and little did I know it's like 12 midnight. This guy runs a mega church now at this point, he emails me right back and he said, Tyler, yeah, like let's, let's, you know, let's hop on a call or let's get some coffee or, and so he just challenged me in that moment. He said, you're a really smart guy. Maybe you need to just pump the brakes from going this way and take one step back. And he's like, ah, you know, your faith won't look like mine necessarily, but maybe start asking some of these bigger questions. Why are you put here? What gifts do you have? How can you give back to other people? So it really started changing my thinking a lot around then. That's amazing that one person's email. Well, first of all, you reached out. Mm. So you saw, you clearly saw that there was a, the potential for you to get happier, right? I mean, I'm thinking that's why you reached out. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. To me, it was like, look, I'm, I'm doing what everybody else probably tells me, well, go drink, go to bars, go be around friends, go buy this, go travel here. That'll make you happy. Right. But yeah. deep, deep inside, I remember journaling this one night. I feel like I just have this giant hole that I can't yeah. fill with yeah. anything else. And little did I know, really, it was my personal faith in, in Jesus that would in ultimately fill that up and allow me to start taking steps back. All right. So you, you have this email exchange. He talks to you about maybe 
finding your faith that may look different from his. What were, what do you remember about your next steps? What did you, how did you get out of bed the next morning and face the day and make a decision to pursue some sort of happiness? Yeah, I wrote down some rules for my life. I remember shortly after, like, I'm going to get up at a certain time. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to take walks. I'm going to start eating a little better. I'm going to be mindful about some of the things I'm putting into my body. Uh, you know, it's no kind of no coincidence, I think, we're the most medicated society ever. And the, the food we put into our body isn't real food. We've constantly put in poison, alcohol in our body. And so, you know, that can go on a tangent in that. But yeah. for me, I think it was just taking those next steps. And just saying, I'm going to start to take care of myself and body. And he challenged me to say one prayer. He said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. I didn't know what that meant at this time, but I prayed that prayer every day for about 22, 23 days in a row. And then one night I'm out running in Vegas. This is like, I play a long poker session. I go for a run by myself. And at the time I have an iPod shuffle. I hit shuffle and probably, you know, some like Biggie or Tupac song comes on. That's what I listened to back then. The next song that came on, and I still to this day don't know how it got on there, was Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I didn't listen to Christian music. And I literally got angry when that song came on. I looked up and I yelled, how can you let my life get to this point? I'm divorced. I'm broken. I hate. And I hit the next song, started running. And the next song that came on again was Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I stopped in my tracks right there in some back alley in Las Vegas. I got on my knees and I said, that's what I prayed for. That's exact. God, you showed yourself to me from this point on. I don't know, really know what it looks like, but I'm going to try and go a different direction with my life and make my life about serving others and helping others. So you're you're in the middle of that run. This clear sign comes to you. Uh, you had already taken some steps to making your life better, but that clearly impacted you. That moment. That's that's it's crazy. Um, yeah. So so then what happens? Then, uh, you know, the love of my life comes into my life about four or five months after that. And I joke that she would have had nothing to do with me if she had known that previous version. She's a CEO of a small nonprofit, Give Hope, Fight Poverty. She's, you know, in the church. Our second date, we went to church and took a four-hour walk. So as I was starting to better my life, she's really into fitness and health and habits as well. And so I feel like God really joined us together. Uh, we dated for eight, nine months, then got married, got engaged and got married. Uh, doctors told us we could not get pregnant and then we got pregnant on our honeymoon. <laughs> so that started right away. And that kind of, I got, I got to ask, I got to ask, I hate to interrupt, but you know, my husband and I went through some serious infertility issues and uh, we know the reasons and all of that. So, but why were you told you couldn't have a baby? What, what was the reasoning? My wife was going to donate eggs earlier in her life and they told okay. her her eggs were not viable and that she, she had no good eggs to give. And so <laughs> We just assumed, okay, well, if that's true, we can't. She had two doctors tell her you can't get pregnant. So okay. like, okay. And, and it was something we wanted to have children. We knew going in, we'd probably do foster care adoption or some, some right. other route was kind of what we were thinking. But well, that's you went we another were. route, that's for sure. <laughs> you went the, yes, we have too. That's her route. And how many children do you have now? So yeah, we have one biological daughter who's eight, and then we decided to do foster care three and a half, four years ago, and we have reunited five children back home and adopted our two sons, Tyson and Kingston. We've had both of them since they were about three months old. They're now three years old. So really fun journey. Great, great kids. <laughs> it makes me emotional because we adopted our second child as well. And so I think of those babies and how much they they need you. Okay, sorry. Uh, that made me emotional. Um, that's awesome. Now, 
as you and I both know, I've been married for 23 years. Hmm. How long have you been married? Uh, we're, we so, just hit eight, actually. Just congratulations. All right, because your daughter was conceived on your honeymoon. She's eight. <laughs> yeah. That's a good marker. Um, congrats. I'm sure it hasn't all been, uh, uh, you know, rainbows and daisies. Have hmm. you and your wife had ups and downs? hundred percent. Yeah. And so what happened was, you know, again, I was this professional poker player traveling all over. Once we got pregnant and came back from the honeymoon, um, I decided I need to get a real job and grow up and try and be a big boy. So I went back to school full time, uh, graduated with a 4.0. But while I was doing that, I took a job at a bank and I got promoted four or five times. And, and to where I started as just a part time teller, but I've always had a good work ethic. They promoted me. I started running my entire branch within 18 months, two years. Wow. And really at that point, I started reverting to some toxic habits that I really hadn't healed from. So one day I kind of wake up and realize like, I'm not hitting the gym again. I put on 20 pounds and I'm not lifting weights. So it's not muscle. I've got the dad bod thing going. Uh, I've reverted to some bad habits of just kind of zoning out at night and maybe one beer turns to two. Right. And so I'll never forget. It was one night we were two years into marriage and, and me and my wife were you know, not, not really clicking on all cylinders, I'd say. Life had changed a lot, thrown us some curveballs. And she walked into the room after uh, I'd worked six days that week and, and kind of had this victim mindset of poor me. I work this job I don't really love. I'm going to school. Yeah, my life used to be so fun. I'm seeing it through rose-colored glasses, right? And she said something to me that just kind of knocked me off my feet. She said, you know, Ty, I'm always here for you. And if you don't like where you're at, we can always change it. I love you. And she walked out of the room and some fire just rose up in me that I can't describe. I got on my knees and I cried for about two hours that night. And I decided, I, I remember just praying and I got a notebook and I said, you know, I hear people all the time say they're going to change their life. And I said, this is my all in moment. I'm 34 and a half years old and I will never look back after this. I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning every day, whether I feel like it or not. And I have a crappy workout like I did today because I was tired. <laughs> but I'm getting up. I'm eating healthy food. I am going to I am going to be intentional and read my Bible every day. Instead of zoning out to Netflix every night, I'm going to put extra sermons in my mind. And I am going to be the best version of myself and really change my life because I feel like God put a calling on my life. And I didn't know what it looked like at that point, but ever since then, of course there's ups and downs and hiccups along the way. Yes. But the last 5 years of my life now have just been this journey of just growing deeper in my faith, deeper in my purpose, God opening so many doors, uh and really just sticking to I set a bunch of rules for myself that night that I would practice gratitude and just change my life and yeah, I always say you're one committed decision away from rewriting any story you want moving forward. And I'll tell you Michelle, I could not have imagined the doors that God would open that night. If you had told me then I'd be on, on a podcast with the Michelle Tafoya right now getting asked questions, I, I would have laughed. I would have said, that's, that's crazy, right? And some of the people and opportunities God's opened in my life have been crazy. But again, it all goes back to that one committed decision, that one night to say, I don't care if I really feel like working out, I'm going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really yeah. care if I feel like reading the Bible tonight or leading my family in a Bible. So I, I'm going to do it. I don't care if I feel like going to church, I'm going to go. Right. And so it's making that committed decision, having a deep yeah. why behind it and executing that every day. So I have uh, a question about God opening those doors for you, Tyler, versus you opening the doors. Um, some people might say that's the same thing. Like, you know, when you open the door, it's because you've got that. I don't know, that decision of the omnipresent God. But there are people in this audience who are secular. You know how secular this country has become. 
or they're of other religions or whatever. How would you explain to a secular person that it is God opening the doors and not just Tyler opening the doors himself? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question and a very important one to talk through. I think I'd start that off by saying, look, if you had asked me this 10 years ago, if I had heard me talking about this 10 years ago, I said, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> you know, That doesn't <laughs> exist. That's not a thing. And so it's really important to, for me to meet people where they are. I have friends that are atheists. I have friends that believe different things than me. I always say faith is very, very personal and it should come down to you. But I think we should all seek personal faith and ask those big questions and Again, I started with a prayer that if God, if you're real, show yourself to me. I didn't know. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah. And so I think it's important to have this, conver this conversation. And, and what I would say about that is, look, I'm a big believer in one thing, Michelle. I say this all the time. I'm going to pray hard and I'm going to move my feet for what I pray for. So, you know, I'm not going to be this Christian who, oh, God, please make me healthy. Please save me. Yeah. I don't get up and yeah. go to the gym. I don't eat the right food. Oh, God, please help my marriage. I watch 20 hours a week of TV and go out with my friends four days a week and haven't taken my wife on a date in three years, right? Like, I think it's yeah. very important that we we define this as a Christian that look, you know, all the heroes of the Bible, we look at King David and he, he's, he's preparing for battle before he goes and fights Goliath. Every day he's singing songs to the Lord. Every day he's fighting the bear, the lion. He's, you know, you got to stay sharp with these things. And so what I would say to somebody who maybe doesn't have that faith in the Bible or anything like that is, look, I'm going to move my feet for what I pray for. If you're out there and maybe you don't have the same type of faith that I do, that's okay. Ask yourself some of these bigger questions. But while you're doing that, move your feet towards what you want. Your life is as yet to be written. And I don't care how low you are. I was a on drugs, alcohol. I didn't want to wake up the next day. And now I wake up at almost 40 in the best shape of my life in a healthy marriage with three beautiful children financial freedom, a lot of these great things that have happened to me. And it all started with one decision to start to go back the other way. So whether that's a faith thing and a God thing or a you thing, just deciding I'm making this committed decision and I'm going full speed and I don't care if I get mocked and I don't care if people think I'm crazy, I'm running towards my dream. I think that's the biggest part of it. I think that's huge. Uh, it's, it, you know, wherever your why comes from, as long as it is a healthy why, um, you know, not I was put on this earth to overdose on drugs, not I was put on this earth to just drink as much wine as I can. I was put on this earth to to get onto Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, and just, you know, find people I'm mad at. Find, I, I think what people forget is how important they are as an individual. And it's not to say it's all about me, but you're the only vessel you've got, right? No matter what you believe, you're the only vessel you've got. And no matter what, like you said, where you are in life, you have a mind. And that mind can make the decision for you to turn right, turn left, go straight, or whichever direction you're going to go. And so I, yeah, this is why I get really angry at people who say, you know, life's so unfair and people are victims. And, you know, yeah, there are some true victims in the world. But let's be honest, someone who feels sad because someone called him a name ain't a victim. That's not victimhood. And the victimhood Olympics need to end as soon as we can possibly blow out that torch. So, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, we're, I'm done with it. I am so done with it. Um, I had a saying you would you would really like Michelle. Uh, he told me one time. He said, "You'll either be a victim or a victor, 
You'll never be yeah. both. And so you choose, you choose today and you choose the rest of your life. And I thought that's so true. As long as I'm in a yeah. prison that I'm holding myself in and telling myself this story, poor me, poor me, then I'm never allowed to advance. And so right. I think everybody, yeah, of course, life deals certain people, certain gifts and certain people, other gifts. But yeah, you're right. You, you always have the power in your mind to make that next good choice when that next minute and really head towards whatever life you want to create. And especially everybody watching this podcast, if you have technology, if you have, certainly there's probably some people on earth that might not have that, but I will guarantee hundred percent of people watching this podcast or listening to this podcast have access and have resources to start to make their life better today. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's so, so simple and so obvious, but I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. If you're watching this podcast, you've got a way to make other decisions. Um, and you, I think if for each person, they have to decide that they are worth it. And mm -hmm. a lot of people are grown, they grow up told, being told that they're not worth it, that they're worthless, that they're a pain in the ass, that the, the parent never wanted them, whatever. Gosh, I hope those humans find something to latch onto and understand that that parent was the problem, that mm -hmm. that parent was troubled, but that you are, like you said, you can either be the victim or the victor and you can walk away and be okay with that and find a purpose in your life. I don't know. This is to me, um, this is, it's all about a mindset. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you don't want to necessarily go to the Bible, maybe go to stoicism. I'm a big believer in stoicism or I follow it. I practice it. You know, start with um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Very easy read. And that mm -hmm. will teach you how to train your mind to know that you are in charge. You are in charge up here. I don't, you know, so and you don't have to be college educated to have a good mind. Right. So Amen. there we go. <laughs> yeah, one of the first right. books I read was uh, Extreme Ownership. And it's the same point. Yeah. Everything yeah. is on you, right? There's, it's not the boss, the president, the economy, all these things. You can take ownership of every area of your life. And when you do, that's where freedom comes. That is where freedom comes. Absolutely. And, and you'll find more and more that the more you rely on yourself, the less you're going to want to rely on the government or anyone else to make decisions for <laughs> you. They, that's it. Stay yeah. We can, we they can do our own fate. <laughs> they can say they have your best interests at heart, but they don't. They, you know, they don't. They don't. Okay. Uh, at least not all of them. Tyler, so what now you are a big uh, figure in fitness. So um, how do people start if they if someone wants to get their body healthy, which is a, a great way to start sort of taking control of your life, right is is with the physical. And they've never done it. What would you tell them to do? Number one is, again, I go back to that deep why. When I decided to change my life, I literally wrote a page down of why it was so important. And for me, it just be different for other people, but it was my daughter deserves a high energy dad. She doesn't deserve a dad that's laying on the couch making excuses that I don't want to play with her. She deserves that. My wife deserves a high energy husband and a guy who wants to go hike with her and do fun things with her. I, you know, it goes back to my faith that I feel like God put something in me to share. And so... Whatever that why is, write that out. I, I have clients that I coach now. I tell them, write yourself a letter a year from now and tell yourself why it's so important, why you're proud of yourself for achieving that goal. Hey, hey, Dan, I'm so proud of you that you lost the 40 pounds. You feel better. You look better. You're confident. You're the best version of yourself. Your kids look up to you. Your wife respects you again. Whatever all those reasons are for taking back control of your health, 
get that why anchored because I promise you motivation's a scam. This is why we see, you know, three weeks of the year, my gym is packed from January 1st to January 21st. It is packed every year. <laughs> and then we start to see motivation fall off. And so again, that alarm goes off for me every day at 4.55 a.m. I just be brutally honest, half the days I don't want to get up. I, I'm in a comfortable bed with a beautiful woman. It's not fun to get out of that bed and go, and, you know, go put myself through the ringer physically, but I have to have the reasons why. And so once you have those, then it's just deciding to make a few small changes. I say start small and dream big. You know, if you drink beer six nights a week, maybe we can start to cut that back. Maybe we can replace with water. If you go out to lunch every day at your office, start by meal prepping. It'll save you money. You'll get healthier food. Take a walk every day. Just start yeah. somewhere. There's also endless resources now. You can go on YouTube, yeah. Twitter, X, all these platforms and find people who want to help you. And you know, yeah. you mentioned a little bit ago that it blows my mind. Every day people come onto my page or your page and they troll. They're, they're, the existence of their life is to come yell at people who are trying to better themselves. And it doesn't make sense to me. My heart hurts for those people. They're obviously broken, but change the way you view social media. Social media yes. started changing my life when I started to follow the right people. Positive yeah. people telling me, you know, what you're putting in your mind is a big part of the way you think and feel. And so, you know, your diet is not just what you eat, it's what you consume. And so be very intentional about all your inputs, everything coming in and, and start there. I would also suggest to people on social media, uh, I don't read the comments to, to my tweets. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I stand by what I say. Some comments are really nice and maybe, you know, they retweet what I've posted and, the, and then I see that it's very kind and I'll star it or, or heart it or whatever. But understand that some of those trolls are people who are making sport of trolling. Mm. What they like to do is catch someone and, and, and basically have that person implode online for the world to see. And they go, I got one. And I, I'm telling you, there are competitions out there. Those people are useless. Also, I would suggest, here's one of the things that I did mentally. I said, I'm just going to pretend that anyone who is so vicious or vile online, I'm just going to pretend maybe they are, maybe they're not. That's a Russian bot. I'm going <laughs> to laugh at the bot and I'm going to look the other way. You don't have to believe what people post on social media. So, so when people call you names or they, they, they use these racial you know, terminology or whatever, you don't need to give them any power or oxygen. I would starve them of that oxygen by ignoring them and you will find you are so much happier. It's a radical idea, but it's like so funny to think about in society. If me and my wife were just taking a walk before we came on this podcast, right? If I were to hear two people arguing about politics on the side of the road, you know what I wouldn't do? Go jump in and start arguing with them, right? I'm just right. going to keep walking right. and have a great day. And I view social media the same way. If somebody comes on my page hating or whatever, I just wish them a great day and like, Dude, yeah. they have zero power over me, right? Like it's, yeah. once you kind of settle that in your head, that goes back to that victim or victor. Uh, nobody Absolutely. else gets a vote in how I'm going to do each day, but me, that's it. So, you know, once you kind of have that mindset, you kind of become a little bulletproof to those things. But anybody who's grown any kind of social media following, I've got mailed hate letters. I've got, you know, you get some of this crazy stuff when you're trying to better yeah. your life. Some people just project what they're missing onto you. And ultimately I feel bad for a lot of those people. Yeah, I do too. And you don't, need to listen to them and you don't need to believe that just because it's on X or Instagram, oh, it must be true. That's like saying, oh, it was said on the floor of the Senate, it must be true. That's not true either, folks, because senators can lie. Uh, no, right. Harry Reid. 
Um, so just understand this. You have to make your own decisions. Use what's between your ears, not just your brain, but your mind. Those are two different things. My brain isn't very good at math all the time, but my mind is really good. You know, I understand that men are men and women are women. I understand the common sense stuff. And that's really where we need to be. Tyler, you are a delight. Um, tell people all the various ways they can find you and follow you. Yeah, come hang out on Twitter. We have 175,000 or so teammates over there. I call them teammates, not followers. Come win with me over there. Uh, it's at Ty Romper, T-Y-R-O-M-P-E-R. I'm across all social media, just at Ty Romper and at Tyler Tote, T-O-D-T, my last name. But again, super honored to be on here. It's uh, it's just uh, an absolute pleasure. And, and I follow a lot of what you do, Michelle, and, and grateful for what you put into this world. I think there is a lot of crazy right now. If you can convince like 40% of society that what we've believed for all of human history. There's no difference in men and women. And, and all, like you can convince them of anything. So we need common sense. Right. We need people to interject some of these things that seem very reasonable. And, you know, just that understanding that you are, again, one committed decision away from changing your life at any moment. And, and I would just urge you, if you feel yourself lower at one of these points where I was several years ago, get out a notebook, write down who you're going to be, why you're going to be it, and just decide from this point on, you're going to write the best chapter of your life. Well, I knew this was going to be a good interview after I read your pinned tweet. And I, I recommend that everyone who goes to X and follows him um, read that pinned tweet all the way down because then you'll go, there is hope because there is always hope as long as you decide in your mind that you're worth that hope. And I, I think I think every human being is. Um, Tyler Toad, it's been great. I sign off the same way every day, and I will say that Tyler has done both of these things in his life. He has been brave. He has done good. I urge you to do the same, and we will see you next time.